You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. The Unity of the Faith is the title of this devotion, which is a statement here in Ephesians chapter 4, where the Holy Spirit shows us that Christ, by the endowment of His grace, the manifestation of Himself, has given some to be apostles, representing His apostolic nature, His apostolic power, and representing the Father perfectly in all that He is, says and does some prophetic to be able to open the scriptures and show the prophetic promises that are awaiting us and to be able to enlighten the eyes of those who are here to believe through the words they speak. A prophetic anointing must always help people in their faith in Christ and in their faith in the Word of God and to see that God cares about them and loves them. And then He gave some to be evangelists, pastors and teachers and so forth. And we talked about this last week. But these graces have been given by Christ to equip the saints for the building up of the body of Christ, the church. And, (coughs) excuse me. And all of us are important parts of the body to build up the church. Each member There is no big I and little you attitudes in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, look at me. I, your master, am your servant. Follow my example. Jesus always showed that he could have the lowest as well as the highest in embodying his heavenly Father's love and grace and truth. And I pray today that we will never allow ourselves to be in such a thought that we cannot lend ourselves to even what would mean seemingly look like the menial task. No, my dear friends, there is no such thing as a menial task in the kingdom. Every part is vital and important and each member of the body is needed for the building up of that church. Now look at here, it says that we all may become active in building up the church and then it says here in Ephesians 4.13, till we all come to the unity of the faith the knowledge of the Son of God, the perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The unity of the faith. Jude says that we must all contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. We must contend for it. There must be this passion in each and every one of us as children of God, as Christians, as members of the body of Christ, as attendants of the church, to contend for the faith. No, this is our heart's heart. We believe upon the Lord Jesus. It says in chapter 4, verse 5 of Ephesians, we have one Lord and one faith. We all come together through faith in Jesus Christ. And that faith is something God gives by His Word and Spirit, enlightening our inward parts, making our heart and our minds alive by His living Word, living in our heart and mind to know Jesus and to recognize Him in the Scriptures and in one another. 
and to share in the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. This is more important than you realize. In Romans, you know this is such a powerful display of that faith where the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in, in it, in the gospel of Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You come into this right standing with God where you begin to partake of the heavenly blessings in, in, in the Holy Spirit's life being manifest in you and revealing Christ in you, all by simple faith. And that faith comes by hearing the word of Christ, where Christ becomes alive unto us and becomes real to us. It is through faith in Jesus that now we become right in God's sight. And what is that faith in Christ? Here in 1 Corinthians, you get such a beautiful little synopsis of it and a combination of it where Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. So this, he says, is the good news, the gospel, which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you now stand, by which also you are saved, in which you hold fast. If you hold fast, that word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. You've got to hold fast to what you believe in Christ Jesus. No, I don't understand why this is not happening in my life. I don't understand why this has happened in my life. I know God loves me because he has proven his love for me in Christ. I will not doubt his love just because of these trials in my life. I believe in the love of my father because he's given his son for me. And you hold fast, no matter what the circumstances of life are, to the faith in the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And he says, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. We are not preaching our own ideas. We are not preaching our own thoughts and feelings. No, we are preaching the everlasting word of God that endures forever. And the word never fails because it is the life of the Son of God. He is the word made life to us. So we know what the gospel is. Then I go listen to this. Romans, because what I'm going to share with you today, I think is exceedingly important about the saving of the soul. Here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, So if you confess, we're talking about the faith. Let me add verse 8. But what? Does it say? What does the word say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 30. <coughs> and that's where the Lord shows. So you see, Paul is not preaching his ideas about Jesus. No, he's speaking about Jesus according to what is written. 
1 Corinthians 15, where he says, now this is the gospel that we preach, that Christ died for sins according to what's written, that he died, was buried, and rose again the third day according to what is written. He's not preaching his own ideas. The gospel we preach are not our ideas. They are God's living word. And this is the word. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him, on the Lord Jesus Christ, will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon his name. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what does it mean to be saved? We believe upon the Lord Jesus with our heart and we confess with our mouth that he is our Lord. And we say, thank you, Lord Jesus. You are my master, my Lord. You have authority over my whole spiritual body. By your name, I am saved. By you, I am saved. By you being with me and in me, I'm saved. You are my salvation. Every time you say the name Jesus, you're saying Savior, because that's what that word means, Savior. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's what the scripture says in Matthew when it talks about the birth of Jesus. And dear friends, what does it mean to be saved? Saved from the corruption and rottenness and lust that is in this world, Second Peter chapter 1? Yes, amen. Saved from being separated from God by being reconciled to Him through Jesus, who is our reconciliation, uh, Romans chapter 5. Yes, saved. Saved by having our spirit made alive unto God by the life of the Son of God coming into us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, you who were dead in sin have been made alive with Him. Yes, saved. Saved by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom the Father gives to us bountifully through His Son, Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 4, yes, saved. So your spirit is made alive by the spirit of life in Christ. That's saved. Your soul, that is your living being, your personality, your unique person, your soul, your living being. Is it saved? Is it saved? Does it go to heaven? Oh, 100%, I believe this with all my heart. Look what it says here. And I'll, I'll read you a couple of scriptures on this. And I think it's very important that we base our faith on the scripture and not just on what people have said in the past. It says here, therefore he, Jesus, is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Salvation is a consistent work of the loving grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is an unceasing work of his 
life of his person at the Father's right hand. Our salvation is in Jesus Christ. Now, he says here that the genuineness of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. What is the Lord looking for when he returns? Jesus says it himself, I think in the Gospel of Luke, when I return, will I find faith? I think you find that statement in Luke chapter 18, when he's speaking about the persistent prayer of the saints in not ceasing to exercise their faith in prayer, holding fast to the promise of God and standing in that faith, no matter what the circumstances and trials and hardships are. And that is the genuineness of your faith that God's looking for. He says, whom having not seen, Christ Jesus, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing. You rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. Listen, the salvation of your souls. Oh, my dear friends, I don't know how anybody could have ever said that only our spirit gets saved. No, my friends. We know that this body is of this world. And though the outer man, 2 Corinthians 4.16, is perishing, yet the inner man is renewed day by day, for we have a far greater weight of glory awaiting us. Therefore, we do not look at that which can be seen, that's temporary, but we look to that which cannot be seen, that's eternal, or who we will be when we are with the Lord. That's what he describes clearly in the second chapter, to be absent of the bodies, to be present with the Lord in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And here, my friends, we see clearly the scripture says, the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. When you are in heaven, you will not be in this body, you will be in a heavenly body. If you die at this very moment within an unnoticeable difference, in a split second, you're with the Lord. To be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. The Apostle Paul talks about this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and Philippians chapter 1, where he says it's even much better. He says, I'd rather be absent of the body to be present with the Lord than to be in this body and be absent of the Lord. And so... <laughs> It's very clear the Jesus conquered death. So the moment Jesus says it in, in John chapter 11, verse 25, even though you die, yet you shall live. And Jesus himself talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as the living, as the living, for he's the God of the living. Think about Moses. In Joshua chapter 1, God says, my servant Moses is dead. And I'm so happy that God said it <laughs> and he hit his body because there was a contention with the devil about this. You read this in the, in the book of Peter, how Satan contended with Michael, the archangel for the body 
of Moses and that he was wanting that because the devil likes to set up an idol where we worship the person instead of worship the living God. We should never worship a person as in some person. We should always worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And yes, you can worship Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, it says it in the scriptures, and they worshiped him. Yes, in heaven we see we worship the Lamb of God, worthy of all praise. So, friends, we worship Christ and the Father, but not one another. We appreciate one another. We're grateful for one another. We love one another, but we don't worship each other. No, my friends, never, never. <clears throat> I would never want somebody to bow before me. I don't find, I know in some cultures that is, that is the way it is, but I feel uncomfortable when anybody bows before me because I'm just a man like any other man. And the grace that I have is not of myself, but is Christ in me. But here, let's get back on track. Here we see that the spirit is made alive. The soul is saved consistently, constantly by the indwelling presence of Jesus, being conformed into his likeness. The body is filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit because it's bought at a price, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, but the body is temporal. The body is temporal, it's just a tent, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And the body we lay off and we receive a house in heaven, which is a body that looks like white garments until this body that is sown as a seed and awaits our return with Christ is resurrected a new body, not the same body. The seed you sow doesn't come out. It's a new life comes out of that seed that has died. And the new body will be given to us to reign with Christ here on the earth. But friends, I want you to know that God saves the soul. I find this so important that we have this unity of the faith that we will know each other in heaven. I will know you in heaven by your person. Oh yes, what I said earlier, Moses, my servant, is dead. But then if you read Luke chapter 9 and you see Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, who appears to him in glory and speaks to him about the death that he's about to accomplish in Jerusalem? Moses and Elijah. So even though God says Moses is dead, in other words, he's left his body, he is very much alive in the heaven. <laughs> And then it says here in the golden psalm of David, as it is called, Psalm 16, that Peter used to preach on the day of Pentecost, for you, verse 10, will not leave my soul in show in the place of the death, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will not leave my soul. You see, the soul of those who perished before Christ came, we're kept in paradise, as Jesus calls it, on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. So when that murderer who was on the side crucified with Jesus said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom, he went into the place of, he went into the abode of the righteous dead where all the saints were awaiting the resurrection of Christ. For without Christ, who paid for all our sins, they could not rise. But when Jesus rose, he took 
with him captivity captive, those who had been waiting for him to come. When Jesus died, he went into Shoal and to the place of the dead, Peter says, and he preached to all of them that he is the Messiah, the long-awaited seed of Abraham. And all of them rejoiced in what they had been waiting to see and believe. And they rose with him and went into heaven. Without Christ, they could not go there because he is the new life given way to the Father. As they entered into their heavenly abode, so do you and I. And now we have a down payment of that inheritance that awaits us through the Holy Spirit inside of us. Jesus said, listen, in Matthew 10, 28, he says, why be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul? Rather fear him who can kill both soul and body in hell. Friends, it is without question that we need to realize that the Lord has come to save our soul. And while we're still on earth in this body, He, by His Spirit, His life-giving Spirit, sanctifies our whole spirit, soul, and body. And He who is faithful will also work this in you. And you can read this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and verse 24. God, who is faithful, will sanctify your whole spirit, soul, and body, and he who is faithful also do it. I believe while I am living in this body, I'm being kept by the power of God unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the appearing of the Lord Jesus, as Peter says in 1 Peter. Oh, my friends, I'm so grateful. Let me close with you from James, James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, he says, receive with meekness, second part of that verse, the implanted word which is able to save your soul. You see, the soul, my friend, is our living being that is being saved by the Word coming to live in our heart and mind and permeating our personality, our character, our nature, our ways of acting and reacting, of thinking and talking. That's why it becomes obvious when somebody has Christ living in them, making His Word alive in their heart and mind, that they're being continuously transformed into his likeness. What is the part that's being transformed? Their soul, their spirit is now perfectly righteous with God as it partakes of his divine nature. Their soul is being continuously transformed as their body is constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit's presence and power. And God wants our whole spirit, soul and body to be filled with the conscious knowledge of himself. My closing verse is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. Well, that would, oh, I mean 2 Peter. 1 Peter. Here it is. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Friends, I believe in this with all my heart. That's why I know when I'm in heaven, you will know me and I will know you because it will be Robert. And how we live in this body today 
is so important because we all have to come before Jesus. And what the Lord is looking for is how much of himself is reflected in you and me who believe. When you stand before him and his life is so formed in you by his spirit, you will reflect him as you stand before him, which is what clothes you in heaven with the beauty of his life, his love. And we will be clothed with Christ in heaven until we come back down to earth with him and are given a new body to reign with him. Friends, I charge you in the name of the Lord Jesus, believe and have the unity of the faith for the saving of the soul and let your spirits rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory because of the fullness of glory that awaits you in His presence. Amen. Have a good day.